The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm Amen All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might Of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm Amen He's the only shelter From the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. 
I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. King Solomon, considered one of the wisest and richest kings of the ancient world. He was not a warrior. He was a lover. We find in First Kings, the 11th chapter, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites. These were all from the nations the Lord had told the children of Israel, do not intermarry with them. If you intermarry with them, they will turn your hearts toward their gods. But Solomon held fast in devoted love to these foreign women, the more so as he grew older. His wives literally led him astray. His heart was not fully devoted to the Lord. These wives offered their babies in the fire of Moloch and others. They burned their babies alive. Now we think, oh, that's horrible, and it is. But today, babies are vacuumed out of the womb, torn piece by piece. But somehow that doesn't shock us as much. Well, the Lord finally became angry with Solomon. Now that opens a door that we need to have an understanding of today. And that is, there is a physical realm and there is a spiritual realm. And in that spiritual realm dwells the Lord God of heaven and earth. And all men and women will one day stand before the spiritual head of the universe, and will be judged according to what we have done. Now, there's another part of the spirit realm, and that is the evil, seductive spirits who operate trying to tear down and to rip apart the moral fabric of a nation. They succeeded, in Solomon's case, shredding the moral value of his nation. And the result was God brought judgment against Solomon and against Israel. So God began to bring enemies against Solomon. After Solomon passed, the Israelite nation, save for Judah, turned against, turned against the kingdom of David. Now, why this is so vital to understand is that those same seductive evil spirits that can put compulsions on you are flooding into America today. For many years, America did not have to deal with the same demonic warfare and the same witchcraft, uncleanness, because of the Christian church and the Christian stand and the stand Americans had made for the Lord God of heaven. I want to show you today how very serious this is. Jeroboam has been promised by God an enduring kingdom if he will but obey the Lord. Jeroboam has seen that God has torn away these kingdoms that all belong to Israel and have given them to him, and he is now the head of Israel. 
but he begins to think. And he thinks the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. They will kill me and return to the king, Rehoboam. Well, what was done by King Solomon opened the kingdom up for the entrance of evil, seductive spirits who now can come and rip and tear. And so we find Jeroboam, the new king, planning for his own world and his own kingdom, even after he has seen the God of heaven give it to him. It's vital that we understand the interplay between the physical realm and the realm of the spirits, both that of God in righteousness and the devil in evil and wickedness destruction, murder. Some of you don't even realize how you have been controlled and manipulated by evil, seductive spirits to the point that some of you have even struggled with mental issues because of your openness to the spirits of darkness. And yet you have not repented. You continue down the same road that you started. And you will finally meet destruction. These are spirits that are unclean. Why do I say that? Every time these spirits are referred to in the New Testament, by Jesus specifically, they are always referred to as unclean spirits. That means spirits that involve you in sexual activity that is forbidden by God. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, These are all unclean activities, according to the New Testament. And as they're engaged in by you or others, they begin to open more and more widely the door, allowing more and more evil spirits to come in and begin to afflict a nation or a people. And so we come now, Jeroboam is saying, okay, I've got to come up with a plan. His plan was to create two golden calves and set them up at a place of worship with altars. Now, the reason this is so destructive is that those golden calves are Egyptian symbols of Baal. They are symbols of prosperity, and they are directly connected with sexual wickedness. Even finding temple prostitutes. So whatever will please the flesh, they're going to be playing that game. That's what the evil spirits have now established through their servant Jeroboam because he has turned against the Lord God of heaven. So he set these up in Bethel and Dan. And the scriptures say in 1 Kings twelve thirty, and this thing became a sin. The people even went as far as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people 
even though they were not Levites. He instituted festivals very similar to that of the children of Israel. They offered sacrifice, which means they also had feasts, levity, fornication, dancing, naked. He installed these priests and he instituted the festival and the and the children of Israel went for it with all their heart now the lord was very angry with this and he decided to intervene early and try to stop this but he was also going to allow them to do what they wanted to do which resulted finally, if you know your history, in the entire nation of Israel being taken into captivity, their capital burned, their people destroyed, death and destruction from the Almighty God of heaven. Now, please, if you think that I'm out to lunch, if you think I'm not being faithful to the word. Please understand, all you have to do is go to the scriptures or go to secular history, and you will begin to see this interplay between the spirit realm and the physical realm. It's interesting that Nebuchadnezzar, when he was casting the lots to determine which way he would go, whether he would go to Jerusalem and take it, or whether he would go to another capital and take it. Scriptures are clear. They told before that event that he would make that fateful choice and would go and take out Jerusalem. So now we have God deciding to move in and bring about a challenge. The word of the Lord in chapter 13, this is 1 Kings 13. The word of the Lord came to a man of God from Judah. The man went to Bethel, and as Jeroboam is standing by the altar to make an offering, he cries out against the altar by the word of the Lord. This is what he said, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named uh, Josiah will be born in the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from... pointed his hand at the man and said, Seize him! And his arm, that is Jeroboam's, the king's arm, froze in place and immediately withered so that it could not be used. And then he cries out to this old prophet. He says, please intercede for me and ask God to return the use of my arm. At the same time, all the people standing there see the altar suddenly come apart at the seams, and the ashes pour out on the ground, and the sacrifice drop to the ground. It is obvious there is a supernatural activity taking place with 
God being very displeased with this king. Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. Notice he doesn't say the Lord my God. He had cast his decision, and that decision would last until God finally destroyed his whole kingdom. The king now says to the man of God, Come home with me and and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. The man of God answers the king, Even if you were to give me half of your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat or drink anywhere here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and headed home. Now there was a, an old prophet, not a godly man. And please let me say this. We need to be very, very careful. We need to be very careful of a man or a woman who says, I'm a prophet or prophetess. It's highly likely they are not. We have many false prophets in America because the door has been opened for seductive, evil spirits. Well, the old prophet was told by his sons what had happened. And the father asked, well, which way did he go? They showed him. So they saddled his donkey and off he went to see if he could seduce this old man of God. The prophet finally finds him. He's sitting under an oak tree. Should not have been sitting under an oak tree. He should have been on his donkey traveling as fast as he could back to Judah. Immediately you know that this man is open to seduction. May I say this, please? The only possible way that you cannot be seduced by an evil spirit is to not be in Jesus Christ. To be in disobedience is to open the door for that seductive spirit to come. I tell you several times I have been seduced by an evil spirit into thinking and acting in a way that was not correct. I was saved by the Holy Spirit who spoke directly to me and said, Stop! Don't go that way. And by God's grace, I obeyed. The false prophet says to the godly man, Come home with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I've been told by the word of the Lord, You must not eat bread or drink water. You must immediately return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I'm a prophet too. I'm a prophet too. And the angel of the Lord said to me, By the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that you may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. Just rips my heart. Rips my heart. This man of God was trusted by the Lord of heaven 
to go and deliver a very stern message of rebuke to Jeroboam. Jeroboam paid no attention. Miracles, signs, they won't change a man's heart because that seductive spirit has settled in and grabbed us. And I tell you what, today I know there is only one power that can break the seduction that will come upon us, and that is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. If we follow the seduction of the evil spirit, we will walk into death. We will be lost. Please hear me. If you are fornicating, if you are filled with sexual uncleanness, know that there is a seductive and evil spirit operating in your life. And if you do not recognize that and repent and turn aside from all uncleanness, you will lose your life. You will die. And you will stand before a righteous and holy God. And you will answer for why you allowed this seductive and evil spirit to overcome you and carry you away in wickedness. Now, if you look closely, they're eating, they're drinking, based on the word that this man, this false prophet, has heard from God. He made the decision based on that man's word and not on the word of the Lord. May I say to you, I am not going to obey the word of any man save the word of Jesus Christ. And whatever is said to me, I'm going to take to the prayer closet. And if I am feeling like, yes, I need to move forward and do that, I will not do that. I have learned the hard way. Don't. Wiggle, don't move until you've been in the presence of God and he's given you clear direction regarding what he wants you to do. The wisdom of the seductive spirit knows just how to approach us in a way that seems right. But it's wrong. They're sitting at the table. Everything is very friendly. I picture this false prophet as being a large man, jovial, seductive. And suddenly the word of the Lord comes to this old prophet and cried out, This is what the Lord says, You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back <clears throat> saddled the donkey for him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you had gotten that kind of message, wouldn't you immediately have fallen on your face before Almighty God and begun to weep and cry and repent? No. I was awakened. In fact, I didn't sleep much. I sat up all night. I was crying out to God. recognizing the absolute stupid evil of our human hearts and knowing 
that only by the grace and mercy of Jesus will we ever enter into salvation. I was so dumbfounded by the Holy Spirit's unveiling for me the depth of the wickedness of the human heart. I was just overwhelmed. All I could do was weep before the Lord. There's none righteous. No, not one. And the righteousness that we have is a free gift by faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're arrogant enough to think that you can do those drugs, fornicate, you're foolish enough to believe that you're in charge of your life. If you're foolish enough to think that life is about money, it's not. Most men think life is about money and sex and pleasure, doing my own activities, going where I want to go, doing what I want to do. I want to tell you that's not what life is about. This is a life and death situation. And the evil of our heart will be fully and completely exposed if we are not willing to turn to Jesus and ask him to shelter our hearts under the blood of Jesus. We can't play these games with God. The judgment will come upon us. You can't stand against these evil spirits. And may I say this to much of your chagrin? There is flooding now America. These evil spirits of seduction. I've seen in just my short life. The, the homosexualizing of American culture. I've seen our children ravished and murdered. I've seen our children go to public schools and there be taught all of the wickedness to sexualize them, to ignite in them. I've watched. I've grieved. I've watched as lesbianism has eaten our sweet daughters. I've watched as the music of the world has ignited a spirit of wildness. Oh, yes, I was here when the Beatles showed up. I listened to the the girls as they screamed and, and fell at the feet of the Beatles. We laugh today because we say how foolish how innocent we were today. Much worse than the Beatles. And it's now been brought into the church. And so the seductive evil spirit is ravishing through our churches. Pastor finishes the morning service of a mega church. quickly bypasses the people 
goes back to his office. Accidentally does not lock the door. Turns on his computer. A few clicks, he's on a very pornographic site. One of the elders needs in the office, and he just walks up and opens the door and shoves it open. And there his pastor is fully exposed as a lover of pornography. Utterly seduced by demon spirits. Pastor playing with little children in the church sexually. I'm, I'm appalled. The judgment of God is coming on America because of what we've done to our children and what we've done to our wives. Wife comes to me and asks me, Pastor, I've just had a child. My husband is now demanding that we have anal sex. Is that right? Or is that sin? It's sodomy, for which Sodom and Gomorrah were burned. I see evil spirits coming and the day will come when men, the majority of men in America will prefer another man. And women will prefer another woman. How is that possible, Pastor? Do these evil seductive spirits that will increasingly take control of our nation. We have become a nation of perverts. We've become a nation utterly corrupt before Almighty God. Only Jesus, by his blood, can deliver us. But I hear no cries of repentance. I hear business as usual. Let's build a bigger church. Let's do this. Let's do that. All by the human spirit, as the compulsions of the enemy has free run of the church. Standing at the back of an Anglican church. I was interested in watching what the teenagers were doing. And what the younger children were doing. Were they listening to the sermon? No, not at all. What were they doing? They were playing video games on their telephones. What are they going to do when they go home? Violent video games on their telephones. Marvel movies. Further opening the door for evil spirits to flood into America and into America's families. We don't know what we're setting ablaze, but that blaze will cause America one day to burn where God's judgment will come upon this nation. Notice. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, this is 1 Kings 13, verse 23. The prophet who had brought him back, saddled the donkey for him. And as he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. His body was thrown down on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body thrown down there 
with the lion standing beside the body, and they went and reported in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from his journey heard of it, he said, It is the man of God who defied the word of the Lord. The Lord had given him over to the lion, which has mauled him and killed him, as the word of the Lord warned him. The prophet said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. And they did so. Then he went out and found the body thrown down on the road, with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion had neither eaten the body nor mauled the donkey. So the prophet picked up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to his own city to mourn for him and to bury him. Then he laid the body in his own tomb. And they mourned over him and said, Oh, my brother. Oh, my brother. Even after all of this, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways, but once more appointed the priests in the high places from all sorts of people. Anyone who wanted to be a priest was welcome to be a priest in one of these wicked places. This was the sin of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and its destruction from the face of the earth. Will this message have any impact on you for what you're going to do? I pray it will. I pray the Holy Spirit has come upon you as this message has been delivered, and you have made a decision that you will return to Jesus and hide yourself in him and leave your wickedness. Why is a man lukewarm? Because he loves his hidden sin. Don't you know that hidden sin will keep you out of the kingdom of God? Yesterday I spoke about there are two roads. There's the broad road and the narrow road. Some of you thought I meant that there was a broad road that would also, of Christians, that would take you to heaven still. No, let's be very clear. There is no broad road, broad road Christians that can enter the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In fact, there are no broad road Christians. I come with a heart filled with compassion and love for you. I don't want to see you perish. You look at how this false prophet of God did not repent for his part in seducing the man of God. Instead, he does what he does, which is bring him home, let's bury him. Are you kidding me? Why are you laying on your face, old fat prophet, and crying out to God for mercy because you too are going to be killed by a lion? the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who is going to bring judgment upon your life. How long do you have before your cup of iniquity is so full? God says, okay, I'm done with him. Take him away. Have you considered what God thinks of your life? what God thinks of what you do and where you go? Have you considered what God is going to do with you in the casualness of the wicked American culture? We no longer live in a godly nation. We live in a wicked, wicked nation that is under the judgment of God that will soon fall in power upon us. Already we see signs of that judgment, signs in the weather, signs in the geology with earthquakes, signs in the culture 
as it becomes increasingly wicked and callous and violent. God is withdrawing his Holy Spirit from this world, but specifically from America. What are you going to do about it? What actions are you going to take to get back to Jesus? To turn from your wicked ways? To stop your casualness before a holy and just God? What are you going to do? Say a little prayer. Ineffective, powerless. Are you going to go find Jesus? And, re- and honestly repent. You can't stand against these powerful, evil, seductive spirits without having Jesus cover you with his grace. And I'm telling you, these compulsive seductions are going to become increasingly powerful. If you think you're firm and secure right now, and you're casual about Jesus, either something's going to change or you're going to be swept away. That's what the Holy Spirit gave me to share with you today. Let's pray. Almighty God of heaven, What hope is there for America? We have sold ourselves to the unclean gods, to the unclean, seductive spirits of wickedness. We've brought these wicked spirits into our homes. We carry them in our cell phones. We go to them on the Internet. Lord, there's no possibility that any of us can be saved, saved by your wonderful grace and mercy. But there's going to have to be now a day of great repentance in this nation, or we will be swept away with a fire. Lord, I'm, I'm coming today crying out to you for my brother and my sister. How do we stand, Jesus, in our wickedness, in our uncleanness? How do we stand, Jesus? We can't. We'll be swept away. Lord, I'm crying out to you today for your mercy and your grace. I know there is no possibility for most who listen to this broadcast, unless they immediately turn and begin to repent and stop playing the games of the world, the games of pleasure and lust and wickedness. Lord, they've been deceived because they believe that They can still walk in their sin, and and they're blessed and will be saved by you, Jesus. They've been deceived, Lord. Lord, I pray you will come with conviction, with life-changing repentance. I pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen. Just a brief update on my condition. I'm in the sixth week of being entirely crippled. My right leg is will not carry any weight. The haze of the pain of that was on me this morning, and I had to ask my wife to come and pray for me so I could deliver this message. I know it's Discipline from God, reshaping me, 
and I pray also reshaping you. It's a very painful time for me. There are nights when I cannot sleep, and so I just take that time for prayer. But I trust Jesus. My life is in his hands. And I praise and honor him for the for the discipline as found in the twelfth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Now you can scorn what I've shared with you today, and you can scorn what's happening to me. It doesn't matter. I'm going through. I'm going through with Jesus. And I'm going to be faithful to Jesus no matter what people say about me. And believe me, I've had some interesting things said to me in the last short hours. All that I have, all that I own, all that I am, it's on the altar with Jesus. What's his plan? Oh, I pray it's revival in America. I pray it's revival in America. I love Jesus. He's carrying me. And I trust him. Now, just very quickly, I'd love to hear from some of you. I thank you from my heart. For those who this morning sent offerings to help cover the expense of this broadcast, it's running over $4,000 a month. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Our God is a mighty God, and he knows how to save. He knows how to rescue. I praise him. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. To keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. With To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.